was the main witch doctor for this particular people group. He wasn't a Fiji and he was another people group within Fiji. And he was the main witch doctor. Everyone knew him throughout that people group. He'd been doing it for 30 years. He inherited from his dad, who was the witch doctor of the people group, and on and on. It had gone throughout his generational line. And so this spirit started to manifest and talk out of this man with perfect English. Better English than the man could actually talk. And the first thing I remember him doing was he looked at the pastor and he looked at and he pointed to the pastor and the spirit said, You don't have the power to cast me out. Whoa. And the pastor just stood back. And then he looked at the elder that was standing next to him and he said, You don't have the power to cast me out. And the elder stood back. And then he looked at me and he said, You don't have the power to cast me out. And I looked at him, I said, Shut up, devil, yes I do, you're a liar. I do have the power because Jesus is in me. Testimony goes on and on and on It's magnetic, it's prophetic It's got stories being told Hey, welcome back to the Jesus Magnet Podcast. I'm your host, Joel, and today we have Joseph Lee. We've got take two because we forgot to hit the record button the first time. <laughs> Happens to, to all of us, but that's okay. Joseph, so good to have you back in the house. And, um, good to be here. Yeah, I'm just stoked to have you. Uh, you've been doing ministry all over the world. You've been over in the States for five weeks recently. Um, and you said just earlier, you've been in missions for 10 years, and this is a great episode. I'm really excited to have you on the show. Many of our listeners, you're going to be very blessed with this episode. We're going to be talking about the topic of deliverance on this episode, and that is, (laughs) you know, it's kind of one of those words that isn't used a whole lot in today's churches. Right. So uh, it's good to have uh, a good context of how deliverance works. Right. Um, how, you know, I've seen one or two pretty incredible manifestations yeah. demonically mm-hmm. and people being delivered. Um, so I'm keen to hear kind of in the life of a missionary yeah. that's gone all over the world, you would have seen some pretty intense stuff. Yeah. But it's not only been able to see this stuff. What do you mm. do in those times when there's manifestations of demonic and yeah. people are needing delivered they're needing exercise yeah so so many great questions mate and i think yeah. as i was just saying you know as a segue into this conversation that you know there's different seasons where deliverance becomes a topic in the church and quite often it can be kind of the thing that's put on the side on the on the back burner or with the with the little click over there that's always you know going after manifestations demonic stuff and Mm. so because of that there's a lot of unknown there's a lot of gray areas a lot of people don't really understand um that it can just be a natural part of the christian life definitely the way it was modeled by jesus Mm. because he did deliverance all the time and if we're meant to be like him then we have to ask ourselves that question if he was casting out demons everywhere he went yeah then um do we need to increase our expectation yeah, absolutely. Uh, for that part of the supernatural lifestyle? And so, you know, there's a lot of documentaries coming out of the States at the moment, a lot of movies, uh, a lot of talk about it. I believe God is raising up a lot of deliverance ministries again in the earth today and in New Zealand. I, would, I wouldn't call ourselves per se a deliverance ministry like that is in our core function mm. in the body of Christ. We've always just preached Jesus. Mm. But when you preach Jesus, you know, People manifest demons, you know, spirits manifest. And um, the first miracle Jesus ever did, according to the Gospel of Mark, was a deliverance. He was in the synagogue preaching, which is a good place to start, you know, be the modern day church. And there was a man with an unclean demon. 
Mm. And the demon said, we know who you are, you know, the Holy One of God. And he said, come out. That was the first miracle that he did was a deliverance. Can you believe it? And that actually becomes a pattern, I believe, that if we want greater breakthrough in territories, towns, cities, churches, you know, deliverance is often the first thing Mm. that actually has to happen for greater breakthrough. Yeah. Because the Bible is clear, you know, it says... Uh, Jesus said it in Matthew twelve twenty eight. I've just got a, a scripture in my notes here. How can we enter a strong man's house mm. and plunder the house unless we first bind the strong man? Right. So there's actually plunder. A house could be a church. A house could be your personal life. A house could be a city or a territory that you're looking to go in. Um, how can you take the plunder mm. from that house unless yeah, the, you first know how to the loot? Mm. The spiritual loot, the souls, mm. you know, um, the, the, the uh, manifestation of God's power that attract people to Jesus. Mm. How can you do that unless you first yeah. bind the strong man? So there's a first yeah. before there's a plundering. Okay. And so that's my whole uh, philosophy around that. But I believe it is a season where the Lord has spoken to me and our ministry that we are to start talking about it more. I did mm. my first demonology teaching up in our revivals. We host in Auckland every six weeks in Takanini, and um, there was a strong manifestation of deliverance that took place, and I felt like it was time to start to talk about that. So that's mm. why I kind of suggested, yeah. hey, let's do it, man. That's so good. <laughs> Just tell some cool stories. and Yeah, I had this other guy on our podcast who um, he came from a, a satanic background okay. where he was, he, he called himself an ex-satanic priest. Okay. So he had some amazing uh, things to say on essentially the demonic wow. in, in that sense. But from his point of view, he was fully aware of the demonic. But deliverance ministry isn't always when people are aware of the demonic. A lot of the times, it's it's the hidden, right. uh, hidden demons inside, yeah. isn't it? So, well, you know, there's a saying that I heard from a preacher, and I, and I just thought it was a great saying. I've always just kind of kept it. You know, um, the Holy Spirit comes loudly, but leaves quietly. The devil oh, comes cool. quietly. But leaves loudly. <laughs> yes. That is so good. And so that's wow. always the way I've thought about it, you know. And yeah. I can remember leaves kicking and screaming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is biblical, you know. Um I remember last year, uh, my twelve year old son, we did a revival in a small town here in New Zealand and he had a word of knowledge, like he does quite often in our meetings, that someone had endless headaches. And there's a lady in the meeting just average Christian, good person, you know, wanting to serve God. But for five years, she'd had endless headaches every day. She was on massive medication. She'd been to doctors, prescriptions, the whole thing. So when she heard my son say, someone with endless headaches, she thought, that's me. So she came up. When she came up, she manifested a spirit. She fell on the ground. She started to scream. And, um, my son, you know, cast out his first demon. I mean, I know most parents get excited when their son, you know, mm. you know, rides their bike for the first time or snowboards, you know. I get excited when my son casts out his first <laughs> demon, you know. And so that's just, you know, the ministry we're in. And so he casts the spirit out. Yeah. And um, she was completely delivered. Wow. That day, stopped all medications that day, stopped all her doctor's um, appointments and came and testified months later at one of our Auckland revivals that she'd been completely delivered. And she made this statement. She said, I didn't even know Mm. I had a demon. 
Yeah, I've got another quick story on uh, a guy that's been on our podcast. His name's Remy, um, and he uh, delivered was delivered um, from demons uh, during his trip when he was with uh, Youth with a Mission. Okay, and um, he had always had this uh, thought, d- dirty thoughts uh, mm-hmm. towards women, mm-hmm. um, lustful thoughts, mm-hmm. and he he had just lived with it, and he knew that it was wrong, but he, he was never able to kind of like control his thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then after this demonic manifestation, he woke up and he said, for the first time, my mind was quiet. Wow. I didn't even know. Yeah. And it was just like the, the coolest um, and kind of thought-provoking uh, story because yeah. you start to self-examine and you're going, yeah. have I got... Something right. that speak, you know, you know. Yeah. There's that picture of the angel and the demon on your shoulders. On the shoulder, man. Yeah. Like, man, how accurate is that? Yeah. Pretty accurate. Pretty accurate, you know. Yeah. And um, you know, there's another scripture uh, along the context of what we're talking about that it says that um, and we'll go through this maybe step by step if we have time, but it talks about um how the demons seek rest when they leave a person. They're seeking rest, right? Mm. And then they try and go back to the home from where they came from. And so when we're tormented, they're at rest. When we're at rest, they're, they're tormented. tormented. Wow. And so torment, harassment is one of the ways that you can tell if you mm. have a, a problem with the spirit, you know, yeah. is harassment, is lack of rest, lack of peace in your life. Yeah. In that realm. So, And that's good. Yeah, but, you know, funny story. So I just want to take it back before we get into Q&A, mm. um, how I kind of got into it. So... My fascination with it. So basically, when I was a young kid, man, I just felt like I was a warrior. I mean, I was saved when I was seven or eight years old, but soon after my parents left the church that we're at in the small town I grew up in, and so I didn't really have a foundation. I didn't have a youth group growing up, but I just had this belief yeah. because I'd been saved already mm. by the time my parents had left church. And so I kind of always had the sense like God was going to use me for something, you know? And so I remember this one time I was in classes, intermediate school. So I'm talking 11, 12 years old, right? A couple of the mouldy girls in our class did a seance in the toilet. And they'd use the Scrabble board, you know. You know in school you have all the games kind of stacked to one side in a classroom or whatever. And so they'd mm-hmm. taken the Scrabble board into the toilet, put out all the numbers as they do, then, you know, de- ask the demon questions and get them to point to the answers in the Scrabble, with the Scrabble board. And... and the demon had manifested and hurt one of the girls. And so this kind of went throughout the school that this had happened. And because it was my classroom and I was friends with the girls, it was kind of like present, you know. And I went home that night and I hatched this plan. And so I got up early in the morning before sunrise the next day, you know, kind of just like in this SAS mode. Got my lunch sorted put on my uniform and went to school, biked an hour across town to get to my intermediate school. I was the only one at the school. The the sun was just coming up. The caretaker was still mowing the lawn. And I was like doing this SAS mission, dude, just running between classrooms so the guy couldn't see me. Got to the classroom, snuck in, took the Scrabble board, went around the back of the classroom, (laughs) dug a hole... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I buried the Scrabble board. <laughs> and I remember praying over it. 
Yeah. Saying in the name of Jesus, no one shall use you for seances ever again. I buried that board. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> twelve years old, like you know. Yeah, and I often wonder if I went back to that school, would I find where I, you know, and just dig it up? You know what I mean? Yeah, but yeah. um, it was just on me, mate. You know, it was on me. Just the sense of just like you know, I'm gonna fight the demonic powers. It's so good. And so it's always been a part of you know. <laughs> <laughs> So when we talk about the word deliverance, let's just give that one word a bit of context and meaning sort of when we right. are throwing that around, just in case somebody's listening to us and, and they're like, deliverance, I think of pizza delivery man, you know, like what, what are we talking about when we talk about deliverance right. in the spiritual right. context? Yeah, well, in the, in the Old Testament, the word deliverance is used quite a lot and it's usually in the context of Israel being delivered from Egypt, being delivered out of captivity, being delivered from Babylon. You know, it's that sense of uh, God moving someone out of a territory or a location into a new Mm. territory or location, a place of freedom. So when Israel were delivered out of Egypt, they moved out of a place of bondage into a place of freedom. And so if I'd clarify what deliverance is it's moving a person from a place of bondage to a place of freedom that's so good and that's just a simple simple way to understand it you know the bible says in galatians chapter 5 you know there is freedom in christ you know and this is the thing that wants that captivates believers or captivates people that want to be christians is that there's actually something about freedom that they can receive in jesus you know and that freedom is never in we're in a process of yeah going through stages and levels of freedom right you're more free this year than you were last year i'm more free today than i was last week i mean we're growing in this process of being free being made like christ you know and um and it's a beautiful thing and so uh, deliverance in a New Testament context when it was introduced by Jesus, you know, who was still delivering people out of bondage and into freedom. Mm-hmm. It became about removing the demonic forces, uh, the, the devil's influence out of their lives so they could experience greater freedom. That's so good. Um, you mentioned earlier about uh, the when the demons uh, have rest, uh, we're often tormented, and that when we're tormented... No, and then we when uh, when what did I say first? When the demons oh, have rest, we're tormented. We're tormented, yeah. And when we have rest, the demons, the demons are, tormented, are tormented. Yeah. So that's one way to identify, um, maybe perhaps uh, somebody in need of deliverance. Yeah, is there um, rest in their life? You know, I yeah. mean, if you have a look at one of the scriptures here, Luke chapter six, verse eighteen, when I I, I have a teaching on. Um, out at the moment called um, How to Be Set Free from Harassing Spirits. Oh, wow. And so Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, verse 18, you know, he went about as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits, and he healed them. Mm. And that word tormented means to be harassed. Yeah. It means to be vexed. It means to be tormented, to be disturbed, to be troubled, to be molested, to be in an uproar to excite a mob against, to come mm. into confusion. And so all these synonyms yeah. dis- describe that one word of harassment. So you could ask a person, well, do you feel harassed in a, in a certain area of your life? You know? yeah. Are you bugged? You know, We could say that in New Zealand colloquial language. Man, I'm just bugged yeah. today. What about some you know? other ways to, to know? Like, uh, What are the ways that we can identify uh, 
different areas in our lives that need deliverance. Patterns of behaviour is a big one, you know. Um, You're talking about your friend, Rennie, who's been on the the podcast talking about how he had lustful thoughts. That was Mm. a pattern of behaviour that he couldn't break, and he'd normalised that in his life, you know. Um, And that pattern had to be broken, you know. Um, When I came to the Lord, one of my deliverance stories is that um, I had a spirit of profanity. So... Um, I just love to swear. Oh, true. In fact, one of my girlfriends told me once, Joe, you're the only guy I know that makes swearing attractive. I mean, I could just drop F-bombs in and, and normal conversation and it was kind of like catchy and quirky. And But it was so a part of me yeah. that it had actually become a spirit wow. of profanity. And I didn't even know half the time that I was swearing. And so I remember one time, this was about three months after I'd recommitted my life to the Lord and I was in a healthy church and I was hanging out with one of the leaders in the church. We we're going for a prayer drive. And as we're driving along, I looked into a field and I, I don't know what was in the field. It was a cross or it was a sign. It was something funny. And I, and I said, oh, did you see that funny sign? And he goes to me, this is in the middle of a prayer drive. And he goes to me, did you know that you just swore? And I said, what do you mean? He said, you just said, did you see that effing sign? And I was wow. like, I don't know, dude, did I? <laughs> and he goes, I think it could be a spirit of profanity. Can I cu- cu- try and cast it out of you? And I said, sure, go for it. And so I repented of swearing, and, um, and he cast out the spirit of profanity, and I never had a problem since. Wow. You know? And did you it actually feel like, any different after Yeah, I that? felt a release. I really did. I, I felt a release, you yeah. know? And um, I felt free, I felt different, and after that I had control. Like One of the ways that, you know, are you in control, right? Mm. Because the demonic issue is an issue of control. One of the things when you talk about demonology is that the devil is a, is a legalist, right? And he's a, he's a con. because he's a legalist, he's, he bases his work on contracts. Yeah. So for us to be... Um, to us to come under the influence of a demon, we have to agree with it somewhere right, in our yeah. lives. Somehow there has to be an agreement that's been made. Mm. And that agreement is like a contract. So when Jesus was talking about his view of demonology, and um, you know he talks about uh, Matthew chapter 12, he says, um, and we can have a look at it even, we'll just have a look here because I've got it in my notes. He said, when an evil, unclean spirit goes out of a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest, and he finds none. Then he says, so number one, you could say that a demon has a personality. Because mm. Jesus said the demon is a he. Yeah. The next thing Jesus said is, then he says, which means a demon can speak. Mm. How does a demon speak? Thoughts. Mm. So thoughts are like the words in the spiritual realm. Oh, yeah. You get what I'm saying? Yep. Thoughts are words in the spiritual realm. Mm. So he says. Mm. So when you have a, a, like your friend, for example, a spirit of lust, well, mm. he is hearing those mm. thoughts or those words, those images. That was the demon speaking because mm. it was an unclean spirit, right, that he was battling with. And so he says, I will. So he has an I in there. He has a will. Mm. So he's a personality. He can speak and he has a will. In other words, he has an assignment. Yeah. 
So what oh. is the enemy's assignment for your friend Rennie? The assignment was to make him act out lustful. Yeah. You know, um, things. And that was the assignment of that spirit. It didn't make him angry, mm. you know. It didn't make him want to get into witchcraft. It didn't make him a bad friend, <laughs> you know, because it had an assignment mm. and it had a personality and it was a, it was a lustful personality. And so it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And Jesus is talking about deliverance of a person's physical body, right? So the demon saw it as, as his home. So he called it my house, right. which means that the spirit considered it ownership. Right. He owned the house. Yeah. And the only way you can own a house is you know being a house owner is you have a contract <laughs> that says this is your house. True. And so that goes back to the whole concept of a legalist, which we can talk at the end where we talk about breaking the power of the demonic in people's lives, mm. is you have to find where you agreed to the contract yeah. with the spirit to give it access into your life. Yeah. And if you can find where you made that agreement, yeah. you can break its agreement, and then you can start to walk out your freedom, right? Yeah. And so oftentimes the agreement that we make is in the lie mm. that we believe. Yeah. You know, because the demon, you know, the Bible says that Jesus said he's the father of lies. So when he comes with a thought, when he comes with an image, it's always a lie. And the goal is to make you believe and agree with the lie. If you agree with it, then you're welcoming that lie and the influence can get greater and then eventually he can you know, begin to set up his house because you've agreed, you know, and we don't even know. And so what comes back, if you take it a step further beyond the lie, is it comes back to identity, right, which is like the buzzword right now in mm. Christianity because we're all learning to be children of God. We're all learning about our identity. You know, there's a, a an issue in the current culture and young people. They don't know who they are. They don't know their identity. And so identity is one of the things that God is just driving right now in, in a mm. big way, you know. It's true, eh? Like it, that's the whole LGBTQ+. Plus however many letters there yeah. are by the time this podcast gets released. <laughs> There'll be more. <laughs> <laughs> it is, um, it's all about identity. It's all about yeah. who you are, and, well, who you're not really, is essentially the Christian worldview is people are believing that they are something that that God's saying, you are not that. That's right. And, um, yeah, it's it's so paramount to break that identity shift. Um, and to realize the truth of who you are yeah. and and because it really devalues you as well like yeah. um, the moment that you realize who you are you are a child of God yeah. you are precious you are perfect you are uh, made in the way that God intended you to be made yeah. um, and that these demons come and they pervert the mastercraft of who you are as a child of God and they make you they pretty much make a make a, a Tesla behave like the crappy Subaru that's a hundred years old that doesn't function the way it's supposed to. That's right. It's just it's yeah. a it's a um a swan believing it's a chicken. That's right, man. You're a diamond, but you know the devil's tricked you into believing that you're a fake, and so you're going to sell yeah. yourself at a, as a fake. Mm. You know, and you're going to be used as a fake. Yeah. And you don't use a fake diamond the same way you use a real diamond. Yeah. Amen. You know? So good. Um, what about prayer? Oh, actually, before I get to that question, 
um, while we're on the topic of of demons living in, <laughs> inside people, can a demon such a great topic live in the house of your body? Right. When you also house the Holy Spirit. Right. And of course, great question, and not the first one to talk about it. Obviously, you can talk, you can read books by Derek Prince, who will communicate it way better than me. Bill Sabritsky, mm. native to New Zealand, communicate yeah. it well, way better than me. You know, and I read one of his books years ago when I was uh, processing this type of stuff. And you know, he he said that basically the Greek translation of the word possessed, you know, had been translated in a way that had brought a lot of um, you know, a lot of kind of uh, grey area or misunderstanding around the concept of deliverance mm. and um, that, you know, a Christian cannot be possessed by a demon because of that very issue is that, you know, when you get saved, the Bible is clear that your spirit becomes new, that in that one instant you're translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of the Son mm. of his love, that there is an instant born-again experience that takes place. And so, no, you know, a, a, a demon or the devil cannot inhabit the spirit mm. of a Christian when they've made that genuine decision to give their life to Jesus right now. If they're visiting a home group and they haven't fully committed their spirit, then you might have a lot of fun and fireworks with that person while they're coming to a place of freedom because there's something wanting to resist them, and that happens all the time when we minister in Fiji. You know, we minister with the Hindu families in Fiji, and they're beautiful people. There's so much peace with all the idols in their house. The moment one family member gets saved... All chaos goes through that house, man. Those demons will wake them up at all times of the morning. Idols will be falling off the wall. The kids will be getting hurt by moving furniture. And um, there's a real battle on that takes place because the devil doesn't want Mm. people to get completely free. And so, you know, I don't believe that, you know, a Christian can be possessed, right? However, if you look at the concept of a house which would be our triune body, right? Spirit, soul, and body. We're made up of three, okay? If you look at the concept of the house, in a house there's many rooms, right? There's many rooms in a house. And so the way I look at it is like this, that within a house there's many rooms. Now, the spirit room, right, is one with Jesus. Mm. Boom, you know? Um, but what about the other rooms? Mm. Because the process of sanctification, which is never complete, is actually the process of cleaning out the soul realm, mm. you know, and we're all in that stage yeah. of, of working that, right? And so there can be different rooms in your life. Mm. Is that what the scripture says? Work out your salvation and fear and trembling. Yeah, you've got to, is, you've got to work cleaning it out. out cleaning those out those rooms, those rooms yeah. you know, and what Rennie found was he was a believer, loved mm. Jesus, at YWAM, yeah, you know, and yet he had a room called yeah. uh, sexual purity, yeah, in his life. His room called anger, uh, like emotional control, mm. great, yeah. His room called studying the Word of God, awesome, you know. But the room called sexual purity, mm. he had an issue there, true, and it wasn't addressed until the the spirit that lived in that room was actually kicked out, and then he could start to clean that room. And that's why Jesus goes on to say in that scripture we're talking about in Matthew 12, he says that the spirit 
comes back and finds that the room is swept and put in order, but it's empty. Right, it's not filled it, with... it hasn't been filled. Yeah, right. And we could say that's been filled by the Holy Spirit. That, that, is, that is true. We need those areas filled by the Holy Spirit. But it's also, say, in Rennie's case, because I believe that God brought that up just as an example for us to use throughout this message. I hope Rennie doesn't mind. But that, nah, he won't mind. Yeah. <laughs> but that his identity needed healing in yeah. the sexual arena because of the way he looked at women, because of the issues around sexuality, that there was obviously an open door somewhere in his childhood that that got in. And so actually to fill that room, he had to fill it with his actual identity of who he was as, as, a, as a pure sexual person, yeah. and the way he viewed sex in a healthy way, mm-hmm. in the context of his Christian walk. Yeah. And so we want Holy Spirit to fill those rooms, but also we want identity, you know, to be able to go and... Um, I have one crazy story. I have to get into this podcast, and so it's probably the most crazy deliverance Let's that I've go. ever seen. Yeah, and so it, it kind of all relates to this whole thing, and, and I'll and I'll use it as a, an analogy at the end. But basically, there was this witch doctor in Fiji, and I can't remember if I used this um, story last time I was here, but it's a great one anyway. So this witch doctor was in Fiji. We were in our first mission trip ever to Fiji, you know, and we go to this church one night and the pastor says there's a witch doctor here tonight and I'm just like you know the evangelist kind of faith guy and he's like finally a witch doctor I'm so excited <laughs> <laughs> and um, he's like cool bring him up at the end of the service so we did the first night the witch doctor came forward this little short bald guy and um, nothing happened I prayed for him his head was just like stone and I was just like man this is full on so I was like okay we had another night there we're doing a two night meetings I said okay bring him back the next night and I was going to fast, I was going to pray that day, and I totally forgot because I was with my family. We were in one hotel room, five of us in one hotel. just wasn't going to happen. And I um, got to the meeting that night, and I look over my shoulder, and there's the witch doctor, and I'm just thinking, oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> but thankfully, there was such a strong presence of God that night. He just came up, and he was about five foot from me, and he just started manifesting the spirit. Now, he was the main witch doctor for this particular people group. He wasn't a Fiji, and he was another people group within Fiji. And he was the main witch doctor. Everyone knew him throughout that people group. He'd been doing it for 30 years. He inherited from his dad, who was the witch doctor of the people group, and on and on. It had gone throughout his generational line. And so this spirit started to manifest and talk out of this man with perfect English, better English than the man could actually talk. And the first thing I remember him doing was he looked at the pastor, and he looked at, and he pointed to the pastor, and the spirit said, you don't have the power to cast me out. And the pastor just stood back. And then he looked at the elder that was standing next to him, and he said, you don't have the power to cast me out. And the elder stood back. And then he looked at me, and he said, you don't have the power to cast me out. And I looked at him, I said, shut up, devil. Yes, I do. You're a liar. I do have the power because Jesus is in me. Amen. And the spirit stopped, and he looked at me, and he said, you're right. You do have the power. If you tell me to leave, I have to go. Is that what the, <laughs> that's what the demon said? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to you, without a lie, he what? said, you're right, you do have the power, and if you tell me to leave, I have to go. Oh my gosh. And, um, and that was true. Now here's the thing, I always make this point, is that actually the pastor did have the power, mm. and the elder did have the power, he was but a liar. they didn't know mm. they had the power. Yeah. And he was using the fact that this demon knew they didn't know their authority mm. in this realm. And so therefore, the moment he has said that, their faith became fear 
and yeah. they believe that lie. True. And thankfully, because of my background, because I have seen deliverance before and done a lot of deliverance, I knew that that was a lie. It didn't mean that I didn't feel the fear goosebumps and mm. I didn't have that moment of doubt looking in the eyes of a guy that, you know, a demon's looking at you. Yeah. But you believe the Bible. Yes, I do. Man. You know, that if Satan himself was standing in front of us right now, you know, we would have the power in Jesus' name to command him to leave. And so yeah. how much more one of his demons, you know? I mean, that's just so. Anyway, he got delivered. And it was a massive deliverance for the whole community. And um, the next day, the Holy Spirit woke him up at 5 a.m. in the morning and said, I want you to go to every house where you've practiced witchcraft. Repent to them. Tell them you now serve Jesus Christ and ask if you can pray for them. The next day, mate. Wow. So he began this repentance tour right around Fiji. The witch doctor. The witch doctor, mate. Which is now spirit, Holy yep. Spirit doctor. Every time we go back, <laughs> I, I ring him, we, we catch up. He's an elder in his local church. Wow. He goes to the hospital, prays for people in Jesus' name. He Man. taught me about the power, of the, the, the demonic power, because he knew it more than most. And one thing he said to me was this. He said, Joe, he said, under the devil's power, it took me four days to heal someone. Now it takes me four seconds. Wow. Come <laughs> That's on. That's the difference in power. Amen. You know? And so yeah. it, it goes, it's a great story, but it goes back to that whole thing around identity. Like we have to know our identity. We have to know our authority because there's no authority without identity. Yeah. You know, we're going around Jesus' name, Jesus' name, and nothing's happening in the churches. And then we wonder why we were taught that if we say in Jesus' name, something's going to happen. Yeah. But it's because we don't know identity. Right, yeah. We know our identity, we can move in our authority. Mm. And so when it comes to deliverance often in people's lives, they just don't know that they can be free. Mm. You know, they don't know that there's freedom for them. Yeah. It's available. Yeah. You know, and that through their identity, you know, that the demonic powers have no access apart from the access we give them. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Like the only reason that uh Spirit of Lust had access to Rennie's life was because he had never cast it out because he thought it was just a part of what he had to deal with. Yeah, he said you know? that when he uh, manifested, like they were doing a like a, a worship night and um, he didn't even think about, like there was no altar call or anything. He just started manifesting mm-hmm. just in the middle of the worship night. Mm-hmm. And then luckily he was in a, in a room full of pretty well-equipped believers, all these Wyomers that had been in missions for quite a few years. I think they had just done Spiritual Warfare Week or something right, like yeah, that. Probably. Like the timing yeah. was perfect. Because what, they're talking about it? Yeah. So that's it, but it's starting to break up the atmosphere, you know? Yeah, and he said he just blacked out. Yep. And then when he woke, um, it was silent, yep. his, his thoughts. Yep. But um, the, the other guys were like, yeah, he was kicking and screaming yep. and yelling and yep. <laughs> shaking. Yep. And and that's the thing is that the, the Bible teaches that whenever Jesus cast out a spirit, like here in Mark chapter 9, verse 25, Jesus said, Deaf and dumb spirit, I command you to come out of him. Then the spirit cried out, convulsed him yeah. greatly, yep. and came out of him. So like I say, devil comes in silently because it comes as a thought. Leaves kicking and screaming. Leaves kicking and screaming, mate. Mm. And so there are manifestations, and that's what kind of freaks people out. But the thing is, what do you want? Do you want them to be free, or do you want them to be tormented? See, when you begin to operate in the love of God, Mm. and you begin to look at people with God's love, which was a revelation that changed mine and my wife's life before we went to the mission field, and some things that happened in the mission field that caused us to really focus on the love of God, Mm. you see people that are, demonized or harassed and it's love to want to see them free so when you talk to people that don't 
believe in deliverance or don't want to talk about it, I can't understand it mm. because it's actually love. Like, yeah. do you want to see that person free? Like, God, that's God's child. It's like watching somebody hooked on cocaine. Yeah. You know, um, for, for a moment, uh, like, and they get comfortable with the demon in their life, you yeah. know. Um, essentially, the thoughts around the lust yeah. that Remy had, yeah. um, you know, you, you have... Uh, in the context of marriage, sex is a beautiful thing. That's right. But the the devil perverts it. That's right. So that he's using it in a sick way yep. to essentially destroy marriage. I believe like marriage oh, is right at the center of uh, Christ oh, and, yeah. and and everything that he that he says. You oh, know, like the fact like. that he says, you know, man and woman come together. That's the image of God. And then it's a reflection on how Jesus is the bridegroom and we're the bride. Mm-hmm. And when we come together, it's yeah, it's one of those things that the devil is trying to pervert yep. something that is sacred. That's right, mate. A Song yeah. of Solomon is bang smack in the middle of the Bible for a reason, you know, because it's holy, mm. you know. That part of a union's holy. And so yep. the enemy wants to pervert that, you know, and, and that's one of the ways that he can do that. And mm. so... um yeah, it's, it's, it's great. So when this de- deliverance of this witch doctor, man, he's just like so free, you know, so yeah. free. I mean, he said when he was serving the devil, he was so poor. Yeah. You know, because, um, you know, he was just never had enough because the devil just is a creator of poverty in people's lives. So you can have a poverty spirit operating in a person's life, you know. He said to me that um, once he started serving God, money just came from every which way. Wow. Yeah, I was like, this is a guy that, you know, just explaining in his own English, hardly ever read the Bible, but he just making sense. He said he was so lonely, he had no friends. Mm. So rejection, a spirit of rejection, you know, which is something that's very needed in the churches today. Um, You know, he got delivered of that, and then he became accepted, and friends came from everywhere, you know. He said that they threatened to kill him if he didn't continue to do the witchcraft. And, And, in fact, the spirit told me that before it came out of him. It said, look, you know, if you don't fill him up with Jesus, we're going to kill him. Whoa. Like that was what he told me, and which yeah. is biblical because Jesus says so it goes it, away and then comes back. Comes back with its mates. Seven worse spirits, yeah. you know, um, comes back with his mates. And so, and so these, these, this is a real thing, you know, so that, that this, this fear of is it also a demonic stronghold, you know, that people that have fear and anxiety in their lives and are constantly in fear, constantly in anxiety. I mean, mm-hmm. a spirit of fear is one of the major spirits that torments people's lives, you know. It's totally unrestful totally unpeaceful you know? yeah i love how the bible says in perfect love casts out all fear that's right so mate. it's literally yeah. talking about sending out yeah. fear not like fear's not there yeah. but it is sent out of somebody in perfect yeah, it's love. sent out mate i mean i've cast out a lot of spirits of fear out of people mate like trauma spirits fear spirits anxiety you know they yeah it's a horrible to have believers you know, that are just driven by fear mm. in their lives, you know. And so, yeah, it's, it's awesome, mate, you know. And so another deliverance I wanted to share, which was just blow my mind, was one I did online last year. And um, I got emailed by this guy that wanted some deliverance, and it was over my summer break. I had nothing else to do. I said, sure, man, let's do a couple of Zooms. And he was a, a Belarusian who was living in London who found a deliverance video I had on YouTube and emailed me. And... um I'm like, cool. So we got online, we started to do it, and uh, he started to manifest the spirit. And I said, who are you? You know, because Jesus, you know, one of the things Bill Sabritsky taught me years ago is he said, you don't converse with the spirit, but you can confront the spirit. Mm. So when a spirit is in full manifestation, you can talk to it. Yeah. 
and but it's in a confrontation. It's not conversing because otherwise you'll fall into its deception. You don't know what truth or lie. But under yeah. the authority of Christ, I believe that spirits have to tell you the truth mm. under that authority because Jesus wouldn't have asked them, what is your name, if he thought they were going to lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but under his authority, True. how many are you? We are legion, we are many. Okay, well, they were telling the truth, right? Yeah. And so, but it's a confrontation, it's not a conversation. Mm. And so I said to this person, I said, Spirit, what's your name? He said, I am a Janissary. What does that mean? Well, that's what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? Janiss- <laughs> I mean, I've heard spirits tell me their names before, and it sounds like something out of um, Harry Potter. Yeah. I mean, just, you know, Dwizzle Dwarf and wonderful hog or whatever and it's all these crazy names but he said janissary so i was googling it while i was doing the deliverance you know i'm like what is this word janissary Mm. it turns out that a janissary was like a sas soldier like a a guard uh inner sanctum guard for the ottoman empire oh for the royal sultans of the ottoman empire so we're talking like a thousand years ago wow and what happened is, when the Ottoman Empire was taking over Europe and the Middle East, it would go into Christian villages, it would raid the villages and take the kids. Wow. And it would train the kids in Islam. Yeah. It would train the kids in the Sultan's palace. Yeah. And it would train them to be elite assassins, like the SAS, kind of the secret service. Jeez. And then... It would then they would then come into the service of the Sultan. And he I said to me, Well, why are you still in? Like what is your stronghold? He said, Because I'm a I have a covenant of blood here. This is kind of like what the um satanic priest guy yeah. that we had on blood our podcast. Man. He yep. he said he came in, in as a blood covenant yep. when and he was a yeah. child. That's right. Yeah. And and you know that's so definitely yeah. real. Yeah. And 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 so what would happen is once they had achieved their elite training, these people that come from Christian homes that were then put into this culture, that were then trained up, they would then enter a blood ritual to serve the sultan. Mm. And so that spirit had tracked that family and caused destruction, mayhem in that family. Wow. For, I don't know. Just following the line. Just following the line. Wow. And so these people that say, well, you can't have familiar spirits or generational curses, well, talk to a few devils. <laughs> You know what I mean? And you'll soon find out that stuff is real because they just pass it down through the generations. You know, once one person dies, they just transfer to the next one in the line because they have a legal access through that blood covenant or that um, major sin that happened in that family. And that gives them access just to haunt the family lines. And so I said, well, you know, I, I said to the spirit, well, you know the blood of Jesus, right? He said, yes. He said, da, which is Russian for yes, I found out, da. And I said, well, the blood of Jesus is more powerful than that blood covenant. And he said, da, which means yes. And I said, so you then have to come out because I plead the blood of Jesus over you. And he goes, da, which means yes. And But there was one more stronghold that we found out a bit later on through the deliverance was that the man's father had tried to abort him when he was in the womb. Okay. And like do like a old yeah. school abortion thing, right? Right. And so because of that, he had this hatred towards his dad. Yeah. And he had to actually forgive his dad. Yeah. And it was only once he'd forgiven his dad that he could get delivered. So often forgiveness is something that's quite tied to being able to be delivered. 
and you know it's it's a great segue you know to talk about that because uh, you know unforgiveness is one of the main open doors to spirits right because you know unforgiveness is a sin and yeah. it is a way to continue to maintain the contract with that sin and leave that door open to the demonic realm. Is, is that why we are feeling that the culture today has moved into this place where we're hypersensitive and everything's offensive? Yeah. It's linked to unforgiveness. If it's, we can make yeah. somebody not forgive pretty much all the small things yeah. or anything, really. And even the sense of injustice at the moment. Like, yeah. you know, we're hypersensitive, which is also... To be honest, um, if you're hypersensitive, that's an, a sign that you need some healing and possibly mm. some deliverance. It's hypersensitivity, right? Because you get offended at everyone and everything. You think everyone's against you. Mm. And I, I track this in my own life. It wasn't so much a deliverance. It was more of an inner healing, which is another topic. But my great-grandma had been murdered, right? And I found this out only in the last couple of years. And I'd always had the sense of injustice in my life, like my dad has the sense of injustice, the world's against you. I have the sense of injustice, like when something little happens, oh, something's against me and the world's against me. And I found out that she'd been murdered and that the man had got off on a technicality and didn't serve much time in prison. And they had a massive family meeting before I was even born, this big family meeting about the injustice that had taken place. Mm. And so all my family and my siblings have this great sense of injustice in their lives, like they all just, you know, easily yeah. offended, yeah. hypersensitive. Just felt they'd been ripped off their whole See lives. all the injustices in yeah. the world, ripped off, blame-shifting all the time. Yeah. And when I tracked that back in my own life, mm. I could then stand in the gap and break the power of that over my life and begin to get a different perspective because what the enemy wants to do is he wants to come in and live his perversion through your life because like the Bible says, if he leaves a house, a demon is a disembodied spirit. It doesn't have a body, right? It's yep. a spirit. It can't interact. Like how's a lust spirit going to interact in this world in a lustful way? Thoughts. Well, it has to enter someone initially yeah. with thoughts and then get them to act out those thoughts. Yeah. That's yeah. the ultimate desire. It backseat how do, drivers. How does a murder spirit act out murder if he is disembodied. Right, he has yeah. to come into a person with murderous thoughts and get them into a position where they act that out. And can they, because that, that would be, um, what do they call it, there's possession and then there's oppression. Well, exactly, oppression, so that's depression, like, suppression. When, when they're talking to your ear, would that be oppression? But when, when we're talking about like full-on possession, you know, I'm talking about the exorcist of Emily Rose sort of stuff. <laughs> Um, uh, they love it the Catholic way don't they people just love making <laughs> movies and it's so sad because like the demons aren't that powerful mate like like when I come against anger spirits yeah, you know all those movies man about anger spirits and the power they have and stuff you know mm. I mean the Bible talks about it you know when the, those sons of Sceva tried to cast out that demon mm. and the demon overpowered them and yeah. stripped them all naked seven men yeah and they ran screaming naked out of the and the demon said paul i know yeah. jesus i know who are you yeah yeah and so this is the thing is that the same thing with the witch doctor though with that was are you known are you known in hell yeah because you know what i mean are you known in heaven the bible talks about um uh, following on that um story uh where those guys 
essentially are talking uh, to Jesus mm. and going, you know, why didn't why couldn't we cast mm. out this demon? And Jesus responds with that type mm. of demon mm. needs to be cast out with prayer and mm. fasting, yeah. which is a good segue onto my next question, yeah. which is what role does prayer have in seeking deliverance? Amen. Uh, are there specific prayers yeah. or strategies yeah. that our listeners can use to pray for Amen. deliverances? Yeah. So let me finalize that thought that I was yeah. having, and then we'll go on to that one, because I just want to make a point out of that, that, that they overpowered, he, that demon overpowered seven men. Mm. I don't know you. Same with the witch doctor. They didn't know the authority they had, mm. even though they were trying to exercise them. And that's all those movies you see about the, the power of that demon and all that type of stuff. If I come against an anger spirit, the first thing I do is I say, I bind you from moving. You will not hit me. You will not touch me. You cannot move. Yeah. I have authority. Yeah. I bind you from doing that. Yeah. Now come out. Yes. <laughs> right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And in that sense, it's like you start to understand your authority. You start to so understand. So disarm them. Disarm them, mate. Mm. You know, if, 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 if you disarm the strong man, Mm. then you can plunder his goods. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I disarm you from moving. You're not going to make a show. You're not going to mm. make a spectacle. You know, we, we cast out a demon a couple of months ago in Auckland. I've got it on videotape and the spirit manifested. And I said, how did you get in? She said, from the husband. From the husband. The demon said this. And I immediately had a vision of a funeral. And I said, your husband's dead. And she said, Yes. And when he died, the spirit transferred from the husband to you at the funeral. She wow. said, the demon said, yes, I did. And then we renounced it and, and cast it out, and she got wow. her freedom. And so, um, you know, it's, it's fascinating, isn't it? But let, let's, move on to, let's, let's move on to the whole prayer thing. So I, I love that scripture that you mentioned because it's so key to me in terms of the need for deliverance to be a part of the theology, not just theology, can I say, the practiceology, to practice deliverance, not just believe mm. it, but to practice it in, a, in your local church, in your, in your life, because the Bible says that this kind only come out by mm. prayer and fasting. In other yeah. words, if you don't have spiritual disciplines in your life, there's realms of demons mm. that you will never get free from in your life. Right. There's realms of breakthrough that you'll never get free from mm. unless you pray and fast. And so that means that there, once we talk about that whole thing of freedom, that there is developing freedom, right? Mm. Like there are layers of deliverance. There's layers of things you're going to go through. You think you're Jesus' right-hand man when you're a single Christian, then you get married. <laughs> and you learn you ain't so holy. You ain't got it all together, <laughs> right? Right? And so then you think, okay, well, why is that? Oh, because my parents acted this way and because mm. I was raised like that. And then you think you've got that sorted and then, you, you know, you start getting kids around you and it's like, oh, you ain't so holy. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So and it's good. like, okay, because this is the way I was raised. And so, you know, there's always levels of freedom. And so as you pray, as you fast, you know, then you start to get power and breakthrough over different Mm. things in your life like if Rennie hadn't have gone to YWAM and been in that atmosphere yeah he might never got delivered yeah and so you've got to be in an environment which is once again talking about spiritual warfare talking about deliverance you know the best way to you know to see if demons are in a room is start talking about demons right and then you'll soon find out you know I remember we did this deliverance in Fiji this quaint little uh, uh, grandma it's the sweetest grandma you ever saw this Indian grandma and as we're doing the prayer time, 
she just started manifesting this massive anger spirit, mate. And the, she, she was so loud, the whole crusade uh, could hear it and, and was enthralled with what was going on. And so we're casting this anger spirit out of her. And while we're doing that, my nine-year-old girl, Ocean, my, my oldest daughter, hears from God for the first time. And she comes up to mum afterwards and she goes, Mum, I think God spoke to me. And, and we said, well, what did, what did uh, God say? She said, you know how when you go under the water, like in the ocean, the deeper you go, the more pressure there is on your body, you know, the pressure of it. Right, yeah. She said, it's like that with the devil. The deeper you go into the glory of God, the more pressure there is on him, and eventually he has to come out. Whoa. This is my nine-year-old. Well, that's deep. And I was like, wow. And that explains why... When people begin to experience a greater presence of God in their meetings, that's often the times when yeah, the demons will manifest. manifest. Or when they go away on a retreat, like a YWAM retreat, they take that time out yeah. to pray, to fast, to seek God. Stuff starts to manifest because you're going into the deeper places with the Lord. Yeah. And eventually those demons, they can't handle that. So there's going to be a confrontation, light Man, versus darkness, cool. you know? Isn't that cool? And that's that's why I love... Like my passion is to bring the supernatural to the mission field, right? Like that's what I have a hunger for because I see a lot of these pastors out there in Asia. I've been to the Middle East. I've been into these places, you know. We're in Japan. Amazing deliverance story, I'll tell you, from Japan, um, which we need to get into this podcast. And <laughs> what I want to explain to them is, look, they know how to minister the gospel, right? They know about the cross and the separation of God and man and yep. the cross became the bridge and it gets people over and they can do that from village to village. And they're winning one and two here and there. Mm. But I believe that if we can equip them in the supernatural, signs, wonders, miracles, deliverance, yep. then they're going to see a far greater manifestation, activation, demonstration, breakthrough within their regions. And we're going to see generational shifts into the body of Christ. Yeah, come on. Which is completely different than just addition. It's multiplication. Yeah. And if you look all through church history at when Christianity broke out, it was the supernatural. I mean, they try and take revival history and they take out all the supernatural parts because of who wrote it. But if you go deeper and begin to, un, you know, like Winky Prattney and all that has all the revival history, you start to see, oh, wow, these guys moved in the supernatural. Like mm. the church fathers moved in deliverance. I was reading a church history book, and the whole thing was just boring church history. And then there was one line, and the fathers would talk about these men that would come from the east, and they were known as the deliverance men. Wow. And they would say not two words, but when they spoke, the demons would flee people. Come on. And they had this power and authority, these like apostolic fathers from the East, <laughs> mate. You know what I mean? Or Gregory left St. Francis, uh, uh, this, this um, disciple named Gregory left uh, the, the training of um, Justin Martyr, who was one of the theologians back in like 300, whatever, 200 AD, and he went to Asia and he was known as the wonder worker amongst the Asian people. And a decade later after he died, when they went to that region to start to write about his story, all the people told of the miracles that he did and the things wow. they saw. Man. You know? And That's you start awesome. re you go deeper and you realise, man, this happened all throughout church history. Yeah. So it's one of the keys, I believe, 
that we need to, you know, really just bring back to the body of Christ. Eh? It's not the thing. Like, we're not chasing a demon under every bush, mm. you know, and, and the sign of, you know, a devil in, in every time you get a little bit angry or frustrated in life. Like, that's not the goal. But yeah. the goal is to just bring a, a full rounded understanding of the gospel because the Bible does say, and this is a scripture I always go back to, Matthew 12, verse 28, if I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom. Mm. has come upon you. And so one of the signs of the kingdom is deliverance. Yeah. Like yeah. We should be happy when a demon manifests, not worrying if people you know, are, are going to be offended, but thankful that the kingdom of heaven mm. is at hand. That's yeah, so good. It's <laughs> so know? good. And so, yeah, let's talk about prayer a little bit, yeah? Yeah, yeah, definitely keen. Um, I mean, you sort of answered most of that. But, yeah, is there anything you want to add on when it comes to, like, prayer how do we make sure that our li- we're living not only our prayer lives to be able to affect when, um, when the situation comes at hand and there's deliverance? Is there anything else, strategies such as fasting, of course, and things like that, that is living Christ in a certain way that will, I guess, increase the uh, probability of successful deliverances so that, you know, we've all prayed for people and they haven't been healed. Right. You know, Praying for somebody who's manifesting a demon, you don't want them to point at you and say you've got no power. You know, what are some practical things that our listeners can be like, you know what, I'm yeah. gonna dig deep, I'm yeah. gonna take these notes right yeah. now and and start applying it to my life. I think the first thing I'd say is like let's normalise this thing. Like if I was the devil and I wanted to figure out a way to infiltrate the church, mm. the number one thing I'd do is make them believe that I'm, I don't exist. Right. You know, or make them believe that, you know, that is just a thought mm. or that is just an image or you just flew off the handle, you know, because, you know, that's who you are mm. and to normalise it. See, the thing is what, it, what the enemy wants to do with that lie and that identity issue is he wants to, he wants to f- form with your personality. So that you say, well, that's just who I am. And that's what homosexual people, LGBT, it's who I am. Because mm. what happens is that spirit... I, sorry, just yeah. jump on that. Yeah, revelation, there's a, brother. There's a great um, meme that I love to, to bring up when we're talking about the LGBT. Mm. Is they, they often say, I was born this way. Exactly. And then there's a, a Christian guy... And he's got a Bible and he says, then you must be born again. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's mate, so right? good. It's so good. We're born into sin, mate, you know. Yeah. And, and, but the thing is they want to morph with the personality because if they can morph with the personality, then you think it's you. Yeah. And the scripture actually talks about when Jesus would cast demons out, the Bible, one of the words they use is to tear. The, the, the spirit would tear off them because sometimes there's a tearing because the demon's actually tearing off your personality. Right. And you start to realize, like Rennie said, hey, that's not a part of my personality. Yeah. Thinking yeah. lustful thoughts about women. Yeah. I realize that's not a part of who I am. Yeah. Profanity and just cussing all the time. And there's an immediate effect with Remy when he finished, um, uh, like, YWAM and was delivered. Within about a year, this guy is happily engaged, married, and now he's got a kid. Exactly. Like an immediate effect of yeah. exactly what he was delivered from, yeah. the perverted thoughts yeah. that distorted probably the ability to be married, yeah. have kids, yeah. and be happily married. Like there's an, an immediate effect yeah. of the fruit that happened yeah. from the deliverance, I believe. Oh, 100%, yeah. you know. If you take 
for example, let's just use them again. You know, you take uh, uh, lust into a marriage. You might think it's cool when you're a single guy. You take that into a marriage, mate, you're going to have all sorts of problems, man. And it's going to ruin what should be a beautiful thing yeah. in a marriage, right? And so you want to be free. That's what I'm saying. Like, we, Let's normalize it. You want to be free. Yeah. You want to be delivered. You want to be set free, you know? You, yeah. you want to be healed of the triggers in your life that, that bring those times of darkness or depression. You know, I mean... You know, we've cast out spirits of depression out of people. They usually come in because of trauma. People mm. go through some kind of trauma. And there's what the Bible calls a spirit of heaviness, Isaiah 61. It's a spirit called heaviness. Yeah. You feel heavy, mm. you know. Well, you don't have to feel like that because Jesus said, I have joy, you know, I yeah. have peace. You know, not as the world gives do I give to you, you know. Mm. And so, you know, you've got to be able to learn how to track those back. And the only way you can do that is when you're in prayer when you're in fasting, when you're around a group of believers where the presence of God is there, yep. and you just begin to allow God, and it's, something's going to s- stir up. You know, I mean, I just heard, I was in America, and prayed for this guy, and I knew he, he wasn't ready for deliverance yet. Mm-hmm. But I prayed over him, I encouraged him, prophesied, got the, got the anointing over him, the glory over him, mm-hmm. And just made sure that he was saturated in the couple of days I was around in the presence because I knew eventually that thing's going to pop. And now yeah. it's not up to me. See, that's why sometimes we don't have, uh, uh, we're not effective in deliverance because mm. we see someone, oh, you need deliverance right now. And so we try and do something in the flesh. And often it can hurt people. See, there's a timing mm. that we need to understand here. And so God has that timing. We love the person. And then when the time is right, that thing's eventually going to manifest and you can target it specifically and it's time for them to get free. Because if not, then maybe they can't handle their freedom. Mm. Seven worst spirits can come back, and I've seen that. So anyway, we just prayed over this guy, had a wonderful time. Two days ago, I find out, hey, how's everything going at that, with that guy? Oh, he pulled a gun on his uh, you know, flatmate and went crazy and, and um, you know, almost went to jail but I've brought him back now, and um, I've got an African bishop coming to stay with me next week, and the guy wants deliverance. <laughs> wow. And I thought, praise like two, the Lord. Two days ago. Yeah, and I was like, oh, praise man. the Lord, because I knew he wasn't ready at that point. Yeah. But I knew that if we could get him, the anointing around him, eventually there's going to be a clash, yeah. and then there'll be a time where he can get free. And now there's like this African bishop coming to the, the same house, and it's like he'll be ready. Because you've been saying that this that these demons are trying to almost get an an engagement with the with our flesh. They're trying to. That's right. That's the only way that they can 100%. have engagement with the world, with the, with the physical world, 100%. is through us. Yep. So would you say that when we um, fast, the act of fasting is essentially denying the flesh, hundred percent, and it's it's saying I'm living by the spirit, yep. and so that. When a demon does come to sit on your shoulder and to engage with you to have lustful thoughts, yeah. to um, you know be promiscuous or to take those drugs or whatever it is, but it's right down to like the basics with with fasting to not eat food. Mm-hmm. Like if you can say no to that, just that urge, which gets pretty strong, it gets easier and easier to say no to all of the other words that they're telling you in your mind right. to have lustful thoughts and That's stuff. Right. So having an active life of fasting yeah. every week or, or whenever you feel the Holy Spirit leading you to do it, but to, but to have that discipline 
of fasting absolutely would affect your ability to be oppressed or possessed by anything. 100%. To be in in the rooms of the house would would become smaller and smaller. And you you go back to the rooms of the house, it's like the soul is far more complex than we can ever understand, the soul realm, you know? If there were 6,000 demons in legion in in a a man's body, we don't understand the full the, the dimensions of the spiritual realm. Do you think there's more demons than there are people on the planet? Like how? Like if there's six thousand and one person, you know, I'm just trying to do the math here. <laughs> someone, someone, someone will try and catch me on that. Ten years down the track, so I'm not the same thing. But but the thing is, the, the complexity. You know, Jesus yeah. does talk about Isaiah 61, which Jesus quoted in Luke chapter four. He says that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, yeah. and that word broken means shattered, mm. the shattered person. So if you can think of a personality much like a house, you know, if someone has been broken yeah. by trauma, by abuse, by situations in their life, and their personality has become shattered, it's like if you have a clay jug and you smash it on the ground, well, some of that jug is going to look pretty solid. Not all the pieces are going to shatter, but there's going to be some pieces that are lying on the ground that have shattered from that breaking. And that can often be like that in a person's soul, right? They can have 90% mm. of their life in a healthy way, come to church, smile, da da da, yeah. go home, and they're angry at their wife, yeah, you know, and they're abusive with their words. You know what I mean? Yeah, and because there's a part of their personality right. that is not sanctified and that is under the influence yeah. of a spirit, yeah, that has access through that hurt, that wound in a person's life. Yeah. Does that make sense? And so when you fast, when you pray, when you get in the presence of God, then all of a sudden you're bringing the reality of God into those areas, those rooms, those parts of your personality. And God, by his graciousness and his love for us, mm. starts to deal with that stuff because he wants us free. Yeah, You know what I mean? And that's the beautiful thing is deliverance is not something that needs to be uh, uh, afraid of but it's something that should be embraced because it's actually the grace of God mm. that brings free, continuing freedom to our lives. It's kind of an, an interesting thing because at the end of the day, if you're living as a Christian and you've got the Holy Spirit, in a, in a strange manner, you are possessed. Yeah. But with the Holy Spirit. Oh, you are. And you are listening yeah. to a voice. You're, you're listening exactly. to a spirit. <laughs> exactly. And you, yeah. like, ex- he's a ghost. I just love <laughs> yeah. Brendan Lake's song, Holy Ghost. You know, yeah. you know, I have the, I need the Holy Ghost. Mate. He's so I need good. a ghost, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've never yeah. really thought of it like that. I suppose we are like, yeah, yeah, actively making sure that you're listening to the Holy Spirit, yeah. and not just We're any temples, spirit, mate, you know. Yeah, and so you've got the soul realm. You've also got the physical body, you know, that mm. spirits can be in parts of your body. That's why Jesus said to the woman that had this spirit of infirmity, mm. which the spirit was in the woman's back. Right, yeah. And he said she has a spirit of infirmity. Mm. And so you want your healing odds to go up if you're a minister and you're listening. Mm. Start casting out the spirit of infirmity. The moment I started that in the ministry, the healings went yeah. to another level. Yeah. Because there's a spirit of infirmity in that part of a person's body, particularly if I pray for people for healing. Mm. And this is kind of like a side subject, but the pain moves. Oh, it was in my elbow, now it's in my shoulder. Oh, it was in my shoulder, but when you prayed, it moved to my neck. Mm. So, well, that's a spirit moving around the body. I don't understand it, you know. 
But yeah. that's just the way that Jesus did it. He cast out spirits yeah. of infirmity. He cast out unclean spirits. Mm. There are spirits of heaviness, you know. And so, you know, while counseling is all well and good and incredible, the job that counselors do for people, you know, you can't counsel a demon. <laughs> you have True. to cast it out. True, yeah. So we need deliverance and demonology as a part of the message so that we can identify, look, Rennie, do you want to manage that your whole life? Yeah, yeah. And maybe you'll get free of it in 20 years' time mm. as you know more of your identity because you can get gradual deliverance, Yeah, right? Because the more word of God you get in you, the less those thoughts will have power mm. over you. Or you can take 20 years, you can try and manage it, Yeah. or we can say, come out. yeah. You know, and so I guess good. the choice was made for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He just, I believe that pressure in the ocean uh, analogy. Yeah. Because he was, I mean, one of my questions here, and we've kind of answered it already, but it's um, uh, to do with worship. So, um, where is it? Yeah. Can, can you discuss the relationship between worship and deliverance? How can engaging in worship and praise impact our spiritual battles uh, we, we sort of uh, talked about that with your daughter Ocean when she came with that revelation of um, being in the presence of God fills and causes pressure in that area and as you get deeper that pressure becomes greater and greater and the deeper you go the more likely that the the demon that's there in that pressure will have to come out will that's have right. to rise to the surface there's a clash there's, and that's what a, happened with Remy. He yeah. was in worship. Yeah. There's a Must, battle. Yeah. Light and dark, yeah. you know, a battle, good and evil, you know. And the whole thing about revival, which is why I love revival, is revival is really just God showing up. Yeah. Right? That's what Winky Prattney told me many years ago, and it helped me out understand the context of revival. But when God shows up, things happen, man. Yeah. And deliverance is a part of the things that happen. Yeah. You know, and there's nothing like doing an altar call after a good deliverance, you know. Because people see the reality of the spiritual so realm. Good. They don't need yeah. a, a five-point message about salvation. If they see that something's real, they, they're going to run. Yeah. Well, they're going to run to Jesus and get saved because they don't want to so be good. like that, mate, you know? And um, going back to the mission thing, my last story, and then, we, and then we're happy to just pray and close and stuff, but I just really want to just, f- just really encourage people that are listening that deliverance is the answer to the mission field. Mm. Like when I was in Japan, Japan is Buddhist, right? They hug trees, they worship trees. That's the Shinto religion, animist. God's in every object. And then they have the Buddhism that came in, Mm. you know, 800 years later, um, around 800 years before the Shogun and the Samurai era. And, um, you know, without deliverance, Japan's not getting free. Mm. It just will not happen because there's those spirits there, right? So the first day we're in Japan, I'm ministering in this church, and the pastor whispers to me and says, there's a lady in the back from a Buddhist cult, and she's never been in this church before. I don't even know how she found out about it. And she's just directly in my eye line, just standing there. I minister, Holy Spirit starts to move. She just leaves. As soon as the Holy Spirit comes, she's gone. Yeah, I'm thinking about it all week as I'm there. Then on the final Sunday, we're, 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 we're ministering. I can't sleep all night. We're going to minister that Sunday, and I can't sleep. And I'm just churning over and over. What I didn't know is that on the Wednesday, my son had prayed for a lady in one of our outreaches who was a part of a Buddhist cult. And she got healed in her knee. Mm. And she'd been coming to Jesus. When that healing took place, 
she told all her friends in this particular cell group of this cult, I got healed, let's go to this guy's service. So I woke up that morning and the Lord spoke to me and he said, that lady was possessed by the principality of this region. That prince had come to see what you were about. And the reason it had come to see, because it was afraid, because it knew that today deliverance was going to happen. Oh, wow. And we went to that Sunday service. Four of them out of this one cult got saved, delivered, baptized in water, baptized in the Holy Spirit. Yes. And completely rocked. This one lady from that cult (laughs) got delivered for 50 minutes, man. First time ever in church and just got major, just God just couple of them got baptized while I was speaking in tongues. It was just an incredible deliverance. And God said, that's why yeah. she came last week. Because without deliverance, we're not going to see the breakthrough Amen. in those regions. And that's why I'm so passionate not to make it the main thing, yeah, but to make it a part of the whole gospel package yeah, so that we can break through Amen. in people's lives, mate. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. You know? Man, that's so good. I... <laughs> Joseph, I just want to thank you so much for coming onto the show again. And um, we're going to have to make this a regular thing. Oh, I, I love think. it, man. I love it. I appreciate <laughs> um, you. And, yeah, I just think um, I've really enjoyed hearing all the stories and getting deep into discussion about these things. Yes, yeah, Definitely been edified. Um, but I think I'll just close in, in a prayer yeah. with everybody and then um, yeah. we'll do our outro. But, yeah, thank Amen. you so much, Joseph, for coming. So, Lord, I just pray for anybody listening, Lord, that if they're in a state that needs deliverance, Father, we just pray that this has been a podcast for them, Lord, for them to be able to see and to understand and to be able to apply, Lord, that um, if there's things in our lives that we need delivered from, Father, I just pray over everybody listening that they're able to see that, that the Holy Spirit is able to be with them. And Lord, that you're able to set them free in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Jesus Magnet Podcast. If you enjoyed this, make sure that you connect with us. Find us on Facebook, on Instagram. And if you want to support us, be a member of our coffee club, Jesus Magnet Coffee Club. See you next time on the Jesus Magnet.